Welcome. This is Karen Modakaitis, and you're listening to How She Really Does It, the place where inspiration and possibility meet. How are you doing, my friend? How are you doing? <laughs> Man, it has been a roller coaster around here, internally and externally. There have been some long ass days, and I've been very tired, and today I'm I'm feeling a little bit better. I had a little bit more space. So in California, I've lost track. I'm not even keeping track of how many weeks of COVID it's been. And plus, it's we're beyond COVID. There's so many different things going on. And we are sheltering in place. And now California is reopening. We have the protests going on and Black Lives Matter. And, you know, there's the all the ripple effects of everything that's happening with our economy. So there's 2020 is a lot. It's a lot. And just sit with that. Do you wonder, are you like me going, gosh, I really want to move to New Zealand. (laughs) I really want to move to New Zealand. We're actually looking at going there this summer to our trip to Australia. And last year I almost went en route through New Zealand when I was going to Australia. I was going to go Hawaii, New Zealand and Australia. And then when I was booking my flights, I missed out on that. But man, oh man, I'm starting to dream about Moving to New Zealand. So going back to the latest happenings, a lot is going on and give yourself that space to recognize that, right? We can't go back and compare where were we at this time last year or three years ago? Where are you today? Acknowledge where you are and what do you have capacity for today? Okay. As high achievers, who like to become overachievers when there's, we can't control a lot. We go into overachieving or when we're in shame and trying to prove who we are. It's so easy to discount saying, Oh, but I should be doing more, but really it's important that you go in and do an internal check and go, what is my capacity? And there are some things that you may just need to get done because they need to get done. And you're the kind of person who gets things done. And that may mean that, yes, you're working quite a bit or you're doing things quite a bit and you're digging deep. But then when you have that space, don't beat yourself up that you, quote, should be doing more. There's that my favorite word. So let go of the idea that you should be doing more or that this shouldn't be so hard for you because these are challenging times. There's a lot of obstacles. There's a lot of emotions. They've been heavy times and it's been going for a while. And my friend, we don't know when the other side of this tunnel is going to be, right? This tunnel of so much pain and uncertainty. Like we don't know. So take care of yourself now and acknowledge that it is hard for you. And We don't need to judge it. You don't need to get into the trauma Olympics. There's no need to, you know, say whose trauma is more than others. Acknowledge yours so that then you can take care and go, what do I need to do to take care of myself so that I can fully show up and take care of those in my life so I can fully show up and serve those in my life? 
but you have to take care of yourself. And think, especially as women, I mean, I'm now 48 and, but as women, you know, there was so much programming of take care of everybody else. And then you get to take care of yourself. And while we know that that intellectual knowledge is not true, it's still difficult to apply it because we want to take care of everybody else, but take care of yourself and then move forward. And you, how you take care of yourself is by acknowledging whatever challenges and obstacles you're facing, and then taking care of yourself so that you can show up. I want to talk about, we have this bit of a masks ordeal to wear masks, to not wear masks. And Seth Godin did an interesting post a while back about masks and the symbolization of masks and what it means. And I'll look for it and we'll put a link in the show notes so you can read it. It's pretty quick. But it's been so interesting because last week our governor required masks in the state of California. And I was so grateful. I was like, hallelujah. It is clear. (laughs) And people are having an outcry about their civil liberties being taken away. And I find this fascinating because really, when I think about other aspects of our lives of when we're told what to do, for instance, in the United States and in Canada, we drive on the right side of the road, right? We always drive on the right side of the road. Could you imagine if we all got to choose which side of the road that we could drive on anytime we wanted to get in our cars? It would be a shit show, right? Like it would be very, very dangerous to be out there. But that's what's been happening with masks. Do we wear masks? Do we not? In my county, they had strict guidelines where we had to wear it anytime we went into a business. But like I walked into a major business over Memorial Day weekend. It was a big, you know, nationwide business. And I walked in and there was a mother with her like 12 year old daughter and they were not wearing masks. So you you could see sometimes how a small business owner might be afraid because of the potential of losing customers or pissing off customers. But this is a big corporate giant. And it may have been that the employee didn't want to enforce a boundary, but I found that fascinating. So in my county where face masks have been what we needed to wear since who knows when, maybe end of April, the rest of my state is now doing it and it's being enforced and it's much more clear about when you're supposed to wear masks, who's supposed to wear a mask. And one of the things that I like is that I appreciate that it's clear. Dater lead Brene Brown says, clear is kind. And I must tell you, I think I quote that that motto about 50 times a week. I say it to myself. I say it to my clients. It takes a lot of bravery to be clear, right? Because we don't want to tell people what to do. We don't want them to take offense to it. Masks are pretty controversial. Like, do we wear one? Do we not? Don't tell me what to do. You're not the boss of me. So being clear does take courage because people don't like to be told what to do. People don't like boundaries or rules that you may have. But I like clear because it can create less confusion. For example, my metaphor with driving cars. The fact that we drive on the right side of the road reduces car accidents. It helps to have more order. Last summer when we were in Australia, I became voted the best driver in our little group, which was pretty ironic because I don't really like to drive. But And I was driving this what was a 12 passenger Toyota van full of us. Maybe it was 12. I can't remember. It was a big one, 12 or 15, but anyway, it was a big one. And I was on the driving on the left side of the road. And at first it took a ton of brain juice to drive on the left side of the road. And, you know, between you and I, 
Sometimes when I was pulling out of the driveway of our Airbnb, and this was in Southport, when I was pulling out of the Airbnb driveway and start driving down the road, there wasn't a line down the middle, right? Because it's residential. I was on the right side of the lane, the 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 right side, not not the correct side, but the, the right side, which was in Australia, the wrong side. And one of the women will always say, Karen, um, wrong side. You need to get on the left side. <laughs> so, because it was so deeply ingrained to drive on the right side of the road. And when I was in Australia, I had to use a lot of brain juice to drive on the left side of the rows. This is like what it's like to wear masks. I must use a lot of brain juice to remember to grab my mask when I'm leaving to go into my car. And here's the thing. I've been going on walks and I've been one of those mask people on walks. And I've been doing that for a couple of months. So I'm used to that, but I haven't been driving that much right now. This week I've actually been driving every day. It's been more of my normal routine, but for a long time I wasn't driving that much. So there've been times that I was getting in my car and I'd have to turn around and come home because I didn't have the mask or I didn't have the hand sanitizer. So it's taking more practice and I just have to laugh with myself and let my little perfectionist who likes to be productive, calm down and say, it's okay. We're learning. <laughs> We're really learning. So I don't get mad about it. And I compassionately remind myself, I'm learning a new way of being in this world. And here's the thing. If masks can help us with reopening and keeping our numbers down and helping our economy, I am totally in and keeping us safe. I mean, obviously safe is the first thing, right? And if it can be the way that we can reduce the spreading of the virus, I'm totally in. It's inconvenient. It's hot. It's not fun to wear, but I'm in. So I, I hope that you're in too. And if you're resistant to wearing the mask and you're still listening, <laughs> to the show, I invite you to do some unpacking of the stories you have around wearing a mask, right? Because we have these stories about what it means. And the thing is, is that if we can do this uncompassionately and look at what we are resisting, it can give us so much information. And it's not about finding fault or beating ourselves up or, you know, judgment. It's about understanding our internal obstacles as well as looking at your mindset. So I'll be honest. I don't like wearing masks. I really don't. They're hot. They're really hard to coach something in. We found out you get really, really thirsty on not even very hot days. We had like 84 degrees days and I was very parched. I've had to spend a whole lot of brain juice to figuring out our system, just my families of how do we, when we bring them in and, you know, now instead of having socks to worry about on the floor, now I've got masks that we've got to make sure that go straight into laundry room, into this bag that we wash all the stuff with, and then we have to hang them, right? There's just another layer of work. And I've spent a shit ton of money on masks. I've bought so many masks. It's ridiculous. I've tried several different ones. I've lost a bunch. We have homemade ones, so now store-bought ones. So we have the range. I'm not a fan of them. It's not like I'm like, yippee skippy, I get to wear a mask. But if that will help me keep other people from getting my germs and help me from getting other people's germs, I'm in. So I have had to unpack my own stories about masks, about, you know, what my own internal drama about it. And that has allowed me the freedom of being able to learn this new way. So a reminder, a great tool to help you manage your mindset are the mindset journals. We have a link in the show notes. 
You can grab them. We have PDFs or we will mail you physical ones if you want to order those. Okay. So today I'm going to talk about know your why. Know, K-N-O-W, not not no, yes and no, but know your why. This is really important to know your why. Why do you want something? Why? Why? That is the question we want to ask yourself. It can be a great question. It can give you so much insight. So one of the things to do is before you get to the why is, okay, because if, if I just ask you why, you're like, but in regards to what, Corinne, what do you want? What do you want? In her book, Big Magic, Elizabeth Gilbert asked the question, what do you really, really, really want? She says you have to ask three reallys. What do you really, really, really want? It can be more money, a partner, a home, a promotion. Maybe you want kids. What do you really, really, really want? Often people come to me and they say, but Corinne, I've lost all this motivation. I just can't figure it out. And I don't know why I've lost my motivation. The big reason they've lost their motivation is they don't know why they don't know their why. So we want to get to the why, because what happens, especially with high achievers who become overachievers is how they get motivation is they beat themselves up. They use stress to drive themselves, right? Then it's like, okay, they ignite themselves, but that's only a short-term solution because stress and shame They're only great for short term and then you get really, really exhausted. It's not sustainable. And that's why people quote burnout or they give up or they numb. And then they go, see, I just lost all my motivation, but there's really a better way. And it's know your why. Years ago, I interviewed Simon Sinek and he's the author of start with why we'll put a link to the podcast show notes. Back then it was live radio that I was doing. They were broadcast over the air (laughs) and he decided that instead of telling us how to find our why, he was going to show my audience by putting me in the seat of being the participant to show it all to you. I was pretty uncomfortable because back then I wasn't as agile and I really didn't like things turned around and it was really vulnerable. But Simon helped me get to my why and I've always been grateful about it. So here's my why that he helped me uncover. And this is a long time ago. This is about 10 years ago. My why is to help people let go of their fears and shame and anxieties about what other people think about you and what they think you should be doing. Instead, I help people do the things that align with their values and their priorities. And this enables them to actually achieve what they set out to achieve. That, my friend, is a sustainable way to create the life that you want. So my why is essentially, and then 20 words that I use now, is to be the leader of my life. I don't want anyone to be the boss of me. And I don't want to have to live and do my life based out of obligation because I can do it for a bit and then I approve a whore and then I get frustrated. But really, my life is to be the leader of my life. And it's also to help others be the leader of their lives so they can really shine bright in their lives, be their authentic self. So that little girl, how we uncovered it is we were talking about my little girl self, my five-year-old self in kindergarten with the black hair. And I had these overall jeans that I just loved. And I had long sleeve red shirt that I would wear. And I would sing my Korean bunny song while doing hopscotch and during recess. And I didn't have a care in the world. 
about how others were perceiving me. I was delighted doing what truly lit me up. Hopscotch singing and just being a girl on fire. So the thing is, is that that was my five-year-old self and I lost myself along the way and then I had to come back. And when I got really clear about my why, and it was this internal calling for a long time, and then Simon helped me put words to it. And then over time, I've really cleaned up my words about it. But it's been consistent all these years. And when I have obstacles, when I'm pursuing something and there's obstacles, because my friend, there's always obstacles. I remember my why. And that, my friend, is what helps motivate me. So instead of using fear or shame to get me ignited, I get lifted from my why. So another example is this show is a part of my why, right? I mean, I've been doing this show since 2006 and it's come out in various forms. It was an interview show. And then for a period of time, I did guest co-host and now I do these monologues. And, but this show is, it goes back to helping people be authentically themselves And over the years, I've interviewed guests to be the windows of possibility for you. I now do these deep dive monologues where I just discuss a concept for you to use in your own life. And then with my coaching clients, right, they come to me because they've been programmed to be who others wanted them to be and the promises that they were sold of what they needed to do in order to be loved and accepted except they found out that, okay, they have these degrees or they have this title or they have this status, but there's still a disconnect. So my clients found that all that didn't work for them. They climbed a really tall corporate ladder and realized, oh, maybe I climbed the wrong one. Or, oh, I can't handle being inauthentic as I go into work every day. And they learn how to be themselves and continue to go into work and then actually do some pretty kick-ass work. So Then we do this work so that they can have the space to be fully themselves. And then they become the best version of themselves, not by working harder, right? By doing more, by achieving more, but by letting go of what other people think and how they've been culturally programmed to be. And then there's my monster community, the Aqua Monsters. And most people think that this monster community is a place for their kids to have fitness or become better swimmers or get college scholarships. That is not my why that I'm willing to endure and do the roller coaster that I go through with the monsters. (laughs) Sure, all those things happen in our program, right? We have kids, they become fit, they become proficient at swimming. We have a very high level swimming. We have some kids who get college scholarships, you know, athletes that made the Olympic team. We've had all that stuff, but that's not my driving force. I don't get up in the morning thinking, oh, who's going to be our next Olympian like that? I'm actually really not very interested in. That's not my why. My why with the monsters, and I'm really clear about this, is that I am very fiercely committed to having a place for kids to belong and be fully accepted as who they are. And I will literally move mountains to make sure we have that place for them belonging is a huge part of my why. I want kids to have a place of belonging. I don't want a place where they have to fit in because that's not being authentic. That would go against my original why that Simon helped me uncover. So when we circle back to Simon Sinek's uncovering of my why, all these things that I do go back to it. 
And it's something that's really important to me and it helps me motivate. And I'll be honest, there are days I'm like, really, I don't want to do that. And I'll have my little pity party or my drama. But then I get up and I get motivated. I remember why, why is this so important to me? And those are three or four big areas of my life. And then there's other areas I think about, like even with the television show, why do I want to watch it? Why? What's my why? Instead of just going into it very mind-numbingly and watching a show or reading a book or listening to stuff or hanging out. Well, there's no hanging out with people right now because we're still sheltering in place or whatever formation that is. But I know my why. My why motivates me. It drives me and it inspires me. My why lifts me up after I've had many, (laughs) many fallen down moments, boulder sized obstacles. And it does the same for my clients. Know what your why is. If you're struggling with motivation, go in and check in and look at what is your why. And remember, there's not a right or wrong answer. There's not. Make sure you like it though. Do you like your why? I really like my why. It's really important to me. I want to be that girl who is five years old who could You won't catch me singing and playing hopscotch now. It's not going to light me up. But I love being fully myself. And it's so interesting when I start to respond in the world when I'm worried about how do other people perceive me. Perception is an interesting concept because it's a huge shame trigger, how we want to be perceived and how we don't want to be perceived. It's what other people think about us. And frankly, it's none of our business. It's more important that we show up in line with our values and our priorities. This doesn't mean you power over people. It doesn't mean you steamroll over people. It means that you take off all the armor so that you can fully show up. It may be a contribution to the world, your contribution. And be careful because you don't want to get into compare and despair and say, oh, but Corinne, you have this podcast and you know, what do I have going on in my life? Your contribution to the world can be saying hello to the grocery store clerk. That's a really important contribution. They're human and to be seen and to be heard and to be valued is so, so important. So that's what I'm talking about. What are your contributions in the world? It's not about, are you a New York Times bestselling author or how much money do you make? That's all the external stuff, but it's about going within and then contributing to our world with your values and your priorities. So know your why, Remember, there isn't a right or wrong. Make sure you like it. (laughs) It's really hard to have something sustainable if you don't like it. At some point, you're going to be like, screw this, I'm out. And then the other thing that's really important is be willing to test it out, right? When you're a perfectionist or, you know, high achiever, you're like, no, I just want to get this done with and be done with it. And and I know this works and I want that guarantee. I can't tell you how many of my clients in the past few weeks, I need to know how it's going to turn out. I go, well, we're not. So how do you mitigate risk? I mean, that's what we're doing in COVID is working on mitigating risk. We don't know in California if wearing masks is going to help, but our governor is willing to say, we're going to do this. And he's taking huge risk. It's a huge political risk to put a statewide mandate. There are many people that are very upset and calling California a communist state, right? Because they have to wear a mask. And again, I find that ironic because we all drive on the right side of the road. So be willing to test it out. Let it withstand the test of time. You're not going to know that. I mean, when, again, 10 years ago, when I interviewed Simon Sinek, you know, 
this is what he helped me uncover. And I was reviewing it today for today's show. And I was like, well, this is all still rings true. And then there's some whys that you're really committed and really believe in it. But then at some point, it no longer suits you. And that's okay too. It's not supposed to be permanent to know your why. There's certain things that like during the first bit of COVID, we decided that we needed to not watch so many shows that are drama shows. Like we were living drama. We wanted something that was more uplifting. And so we started to watch The Good Place. We liked our reason why. We wanted to be entertained and we wanted something that was fun and more comedy. We wanted something lighter. We liked that why. It doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be world changing, but that's what we needed to nourish ourselves at that time. So that's the important thing to check in. There's the big whys, like I was talking about with my career, you know, and how I want to be. And then there's those little decision whys. And don't get yourself into decision fatigue. You don't have to sit here and go, okay, I need to have my 12 different whys. No, as you go through and you start to make your questions and you make your priorities, you're going to go, hey, why do I want this? Why is this important to me? Why do I want to manage people? Why do I not want to manage people? Know your why, make sure you like it. Be willing to test it out and notice how it withstands the test of time. And remember, really the most important thing is to get started. It doesn't have to be perfect. You're testing it out. All right, my friend, know your why and get in touch with what's going on in your brain. That beautiful brain of yours, I can't tell you how many times I have been so grateful that I have created this deep practice of managing my brain and I use my journals and I'm writing it down and I'm using my mindset journal and writing it down and then I'm doing it throughout the day. But managing my mindset has been fundamental for me to move through this very difficult time in our lives. Managing mind doesn't mean that I take away the pain. It doesn't mean that I, you know, all of a sudden feel exuberant or joyful, but one, it helps me allow me to feel my emotions and feel those crappy and painful emotions instead of over-functioning and working myself to death and then really crashing and burning. So it allows me to hold that space and understand that this is what it is and be okay with that. And then think about what is my capacity and what do I want my focus to be on? So it's been a very grounding experience in this very turbulent time. And I've been a shit show. I'm not going to say I haven't. There's been the ups and the downs and been really hard days and, you know, had lots of brave moments and lots of tears. But that managing my mindset journal has really helped me. Everything I talk about on the show, like I am living it. It's not like I sit over here in this ivory tower and go, here's this bunch of research, go do it, but I don't do it. I am applying everything that I talk about with you all. So if you want those mindset journals, There's going to be a link in the show notes, get yours. You can download the PDF and then print a bunch, put in a binder. Like that's one thing that I've gotten to good habit of is printing and putting in binders. I'm all about binders because otherwise I have all these papers all over the place. And then I find one page and another and it's a mess. So print it, put in the binder, or we will ship you your own journals in the mail. All right, my friend, know your why, make sure you like it and test it out. I'm smiling big for you. Hey there, before we go, I have a question for you. Have you subscribed to the show yet? This is an awesome opportunity for you to preserve your brain juice. I love the fact that I can subscribe to podcasts 
in television shows and they go straight to my iPhone or they go straight to my DVR and then I don't have to worry of, oh no, especially with television shows. Did I hit record? Is it going to be there? Or now do I have to watch it on demand and go through all the commercials? So go and hit the subscribe button. There's a link in the show notes and that will ensure you that you never miss a show and you can also save your brain juice for other things in your life. There's way more important things, but you and I will still be connected because the show will be waiting for you in your phone. Go to the link in the show notes, subscribe to the show so you can automatically get all the shows to your phone. On a lake, she is dreaming, she is drifting, never been so wild.